This show is brought to you by Aggressive Marketing Solutions. Do you remember the first thing you did when you started your business? You got a website, you made a Facebook page, and you were so excited because you're gonna make millions with your new idea, but then nothing ever happened. Hosting didn't get you customers, your website wasn't doing anything for you, the only people on the internet that had success have huge followings, and your main source of new clients became the old-fashioned word of mouth. My name is Christian Hill, CEO of Aggressive Marketing Solutions, and I'm going to show you the three secrets to generate consistent leads using the internet without having a single follower. And I'm gonna do that for for free. All you have to do is visit aggressive.com today. Aggressive.com today. Hey, welcome to the VP and King show. My name is Heath Van Patten. I am Valerie King, and we are here today to discuss the business behind business. We have a very special guest today, right, Heath? Yes, we do. We have yeah. Mr. Brett Quintine with BQ Enterprises. Hello, there. Brett. Thanks hey for joining guys, us today. today. We're doing definitely, very definitely. well, as you know. That's good. Great Stuff. to have yeah. you. Thank you so much for connecting with us. Uh, I think Valerie's going to lead off with the first question today. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. So BQ Enterprises, Brett. Well, first of all, where are you living right now? Where are we chatting from? Chandler, Arizona. Yeah, I love Chandler. We sit right on the Gilbert border and uh, we moved here from New York City about seven and a half years ago and we really have embraced the Arizona lifestyle. Oh my goodness. So what were you, um, and tell me what, what does BQ Enterprises entail? What's your specialty that you focus on in your business? Sure, well, BQ Enterprises is uh, my LLC. And for the most part, uh, well, I'll say this, it was always told to me, hey, since I do a lot of 1099 work, it makes sense to have an LLC, that's for sure. And BQ, very simply, my initials. And I enterprise a lot of things, but one of the main things I do these days, I am a, a senior manager at a company called Legal Shields. And uh, it encompasses pretty much uh, something we like to say here in Arizona, Legal Shield covers everything from A to Z. Hey. Well played. I like it. I like how that's like AZ, like Arizona. Anyway, Absolutely. neither here nor there. <laughs> anyway. Brett, how long have you been doing that uh, the business for with Legal Shield? How long have you been doing that business? I'm about to hit my fifth anniversary uh, in May. Uh, so uh, two weeks, May 14th, if I'm correct. And it's uh, it's been it's um, how I got involved in the business when we, uh, not too long after we moved out here, uh, it was uh, told to me, well, hey, if there was an accident or something in your house, a slip and fall or something like that, who would you turn to? And quite honest, I had no clue. And someone introduced me to Legal Shield really about six years ago, but I took part in the business aspect five years ago. And it has uh, really guided me in a lot of decisions, not only in a protective standpoint for business and personal, but also just in growing. It's very easy to be able to pick up an attorney and they can give you some advice and act upon things even when you're not in trouble. Love it. I, I, I see a huge benefit. I'm a business owner myself, and I think it's important to have those things, those services available to you. So good on you, man. That's awesome. Good stuff. Absolutely. Amazing. Yeah. And that's where you and I met was because I think it was probably about the time that you started your business. 
um, with Legal Shield, mm -hmm. and we met networking. And I was just I, but we knew each other before. We actually knew each other a little bit before you started your business, um, as you were helping yes. to coach my son's football team, which is amazing. Which was really fun. It was a it was a lot of fun back in the. It's weird to say back in the day, but yeah, that's how you and I were connected, coaching uh, your oldest son, and uh, we had a uh, couple of very good teams, and we had a team that was just so so. But it was just so awesome to see your son and many of the kids on that team grow up and move on to uh, play high school football. But you and I, we had not seen each other in probably about a year and a half. And I walked into a network meeting, not knowing anyone. I sat down and I looked to my left and I'm like, oh, wait, this lady looks familiar. That's Valerie King. Hey, Valerie, how are you? So it was, it was very cool. Yeah, yeah. And it's been so fun to see your growth um, and, and flourishing through word of mouth net market networking to be able to move your business forward to me that is just i i look at that as like like that's the american dream to be able to start and just move forward by creating business networks all around you i think to me that's and you are so good at that you're so good at that you have just a great personality you're very engaging thank you i appreciate it and i always say you're really one of the very few people who kind of believed in me as a potential businessman. A lot of people know me as a sportscaster and I'm very blessed to still be a part of that in a lot of capacities. But you, you and I had a one-to-one -one in a coffee shop and you're like, right, honestly, you could be sitting on a gold mine. You have a really cool personality. People take you seriously. And what you're representing and presenting to people in the legal facet, people can merge those two together and really go a long way with that. So I, I always have uh, really appreciated everything that you've done for me over the last few years. Absolutely, well, you're very That's welcome, awesome. very welcome. What was it that made you make that shift where you felt like you were just a customer and then decide to move into the business aspect? That is a very deep story, which I'm very happy and really eager to share. Uh, essentially all of 2014, um, and you guys have experienced when you've moved around, everybody seems so uh, welcoming and enjoyable. And for the most part, people are, but unfortunately someone in Valley, someone that you and I kind of know was uh, not so nice. And they talked a little bit of business with me and I, I kind of fell into their trap. And I was unfortunately frauded to the tune of almost six digits. It was, uh, it could have been very ugly. I mean, it was a scenario where I really had to sit and think, okay, what am I going to, what am I going to do? Uh, Cause I knew I didn't owe the banks and the, uh, the loan collection agencies any money, uh, but my social security number was thoroughly abused. Credit cards and bank accounts were opened up in my name so I remembered I had this legal plan. And unfortunately, this is how a lot of people really start to make use of Legal Shield. They have it, they don't use it. And so I wound up calling to, uh, to the law firm and uh, spoke with a couple of lawyers. And they told me when banks and collection agencies are calling, they told me what to say, what not to say, how to say it. 
They wrote numerous letters. They guided me into uh, how to uh, really address and work with the police because some police reports were filed. And after it was all said and done, the amount that I actually had to pay on legal expenses was zero. And to work with multiple lawyers and more so to have their amount of time, which was to speak with a lawyer really just for an hour, it's probably going to, doesn't matter where you are in the country, it's probably going to be anywhere between $250 and $350 to, I can't even count the amount of hours that I put Legal Shield to use. And it has cleared my name and my credit history. And so I became a full-blown advocate. I'm like, everyone who I come into contact and those who I haven't come into contact with really should have this because most people's stories are not going to be as extreme as mine. And I hope that's certainly not the case, but to be able to make use of a full blown full service law firm for so many small things is definitely well worth the price and the effort. Brilliant. Thanks for being open to sharing yeah, that. That's huge. I think that's, what a lot of people probably have a lot of questions about exactly that, especially business owners uh, that find themselves stuck in situations and they don't quite know where to turn. I think that's a great, thanks for sharing. I appreciate that. Um, let's Absolutely. switch gears just a little bit. Um, so you moved there from New York. Is that where you grew mm -hmm. up? Did you grow up in New York? Like down, like I you told me before, you're like right there. Yeah. I'm a New York city guy through and through. I'm all about Brooklyn. Fortunately, I have lost the accent somewhere along the way. Truthfully, I probably never had a Brooklyn accent, but um, it's a shame. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a New York City guy through and through. And uh, I'll say I'm blessed to not live there right now because New York City certainly has had their problems with COVID-19. But indeed, my wife and I, we moved out here for a, a breath of fresh air. No pun intended. Uh, just a cleaner lifestyle, a cleaner way to live. And just really, I felt that this would be a, uh, a great way to get involved in hands-on sports because it's one thing to always be in a studio talking about games, but it's another thing to be in Arizona where you get to take in sports and in particular baseball is my true love at all levels, high school, college, and the professional ranks. So what, I felt like you were about to ask a question, but I was, That's okay. <laughs> I could feel you <laughs> on the baseball front. Uh, did you choose Arizona because like spring training, uh, obviously a great place to live year round, those kind of things. Is that the reason or why not Florida, for example, and spring training aspect? Sure. Well, I'll say this with Florida, everybody from New York city moves to Florida. So we wanted oh, okay. to get away from New Yorkers, but Arizona, as you guys know, is very untapped. A lot of people are still not familiar with Arizona or even Idaho for that matter, but spring training in Arizona is on the rise. And that was a huge reason because I felt I could get involved in sports at the way I wanted to, meaning a little bit more hands-on. Uh, I sensed that high school sports was uh, becoming on the rise, which it certainly is, but indeed sports was a huge major factor of us moving to Arizona, in particular the Phoenix Valley. That's good. So what is it back in the day, back in New York, like at what point mm -hmm. in your life did sports become so important to you? Were you a, were you a an athlete as a as a young man or were you just really into the the 
the statistical and the reporting part of it? Sure, I can tell you that my athletic ability for the game of baseball topped out at high school. And loving sports the way I recognize that, but what's the best way to continue to stay in the world of sports if you're not playing? And realistically, it's broadcasting. You can broadcast. I mean, look at a guy like Vin Scully, who is, I believe, 92 now, and he stopped in the late 80s. From an age standpoint, you can broadcast for a very long time. And I just, I enjoy talking us to be fairly knowledgeable. I mean, nowadays people go to the internet for everything. Growing up, it was, you start on, you read a newspaper, but I always started at the back page first because that's where the sports was and you go from there. So I've always enjoyed just being around sports and talking sports. And fortunately, I've been able to make a good career out of it. So how did you get your start? Like, how did you get your start in the broadcast industry? Because it seems like that's a pretty crowded space. How did you find your way into it? It is a crowded space and it's getting even more crowded. I uh, went off to uh, Syracuse University, which is uh, kind of renowned for uh, broadcasting. And ironically, I was more involved in college with uh, basketball and football broadcasting. There really wasn't, uh, baseball isn't prevalent in the Northeast from a high school and college standpoint, especially college teams don't really, uh, college baseball teams don't really exist too much in the, uh, the Northeast. And then after school, um, there was an internship that I found out about uh, that was with the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, basically, you got to broadcast games into a tape recorder, and that shows how long ago it was, truly a tape recorder wow. uh, for the Baltimore Orioles, and their announcers would critique you on a regular basis. So I packed up and moved to Baltimore, and I was able to go to Baltimore Orioles home game and broadcast, and little by little, you start to get a little bit better and better, and from there, I hit the trail on the uh, minor league scene. I've lived in Lynn, Massachusetts, East Chicago, Connecticut, Norwich, Connecticut, Amarillo, Texas, uh, really chasing that minor league baseball dream, being the voice of a minor league team. And it was fun. It was fun for a very long time. Uh, but then I latched on with MLB.com, MajorLeagueBaseball.com. The website was starting to become in its infant stages in the uh, – mid-2000s, and uh, I worked there for a long time covering games at the major league level, and ultimately, it was time to move on, but ironically, I work for MLB.com in a seemingly better capacity now living in Arizona than I do in their headquarters back in New York City. I'd love to hear what that's all about, oh, if you don't mind, uh, real quick, what capacity are you referring to? Now, what do you like sure. with well, MLB now? Yeah, what uh, what is uh, fortunate for myself? I uh, I'm at a spring training game every day, um, and probably about 25 home games of the Arizona Diamondbacks during the regular season. I sit next to the official scorer, which means I have the best seat in the house. And you probably, along with millions of others, have gone to the website MLB.com and looked at a. Uh, score of a current game I construct the box score on the fly so essentially okay. when game starts i put in the pitcher and 
ball one, ball two, and ground out. And it's a lot of intense work, but it's very fun. And also during spring training, I'm because there are so many teams out here, 15 here and 15 in Florida. I've been blessed to broadcast a few innings here and there for various teams and uh, write some stories for the website. I'm trying to imagine yeah. how <laughs> how your brain has to function that fast. when oh, yeah. I mean, they're just – and you're like, I can't – that stresses me and out. And they it's just recently increased it. <laughs> they increased yeah, the, uh, the time between pitches, right? Yes. Uh, a lot of people always say that baseball is a uh, – it's a very slow game. Try scoring it. It's very, <laughs> very – Detailed. It's, uh, I mean, when there's pitching changes and just charts and you have to, it's almost like a video game. You have to plug in where the pitch was. Was it in the dirt? Was it high? Foul ball off to right field, left field, line drive, all of that sort of stuff. It's uh, it's an intriguing three hours, sometimes three and a half hours of baseball. My, Mesmerizing. My brain would ooze out my it. ear. I want a job. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. I feel very yeah. fortunate to uh, to be able to to work in the game of baseball. That's great. Oh man. So I'm I'm curious about when you were traveling with the team and you were going to all these games all over the country. What was one of your favorite places? that you hadn't visited before that really caught your eye and you thought, you know what, this is, this is America and this is amazing. Is there a, a, a just a certain spot that you maybe thought that, or was it all just a big blur to you because you were always on the road? It, it's, it's a big blur, but no, it's funny you mentioned that I have two cities in mind that stand out uh, in, in a really good way, Akron, Ohio and Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. For Akron, Ohio, it was, uh, and both cities were very convenient. What I mean by that is the hotel was pretty nice. You could walk to the ballpark, and I was single back then, so the restaurants and the bars were uh, very convenient as well. But it truly was small-town America. It was very uh, simple. Both are uh, blue-collar cities. Both cities drew very good crowds. They supported their teams in a major way. Uh, so I would say Akron, Ohio, and Harrisburg, Pennsylvania were two cities I had never been to before. But it was a very simple way of living, hardworking people that supported their local team. Because you think about it, Akron and Harrisburg, for them, that's the uh, creme de la creme for them. That's the New York Yankees of Akron. That's the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's what they have going on. And both ballparks were very cool. For Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, it was a little bit different. Their uh, stadium slash ballpark was actually across a river. So you have downtown Harrisburg, but all of the city's sporting events took place on a place called City Island, which you just walked across the bridge and that's where people picnicked. That's where they would have day camps and all those things. So those are probably two cities you never imagined me saying, but uh, it's definitely in my experiences from the road. That's why I asked you though, because I think that's incredible to know. Mm -hmm. And I love that they have that on an island and then you have to you make it, it's, it's like its own experience. That's so cool. Um, about 10 say, years um, ago, oh, go ahead, no, go ahead. I was no, going to Amarillo, Texas, which was my home for three years, where I was the home broadcaster. 
that was my first experience in the Southwest. And it was very much like here in the Phoenix area, very dry, not too much rain, wide open uh, highways. So this is going to sound weird, but it was really my uh, introduction to driving on a regular basis because I never really did so growing up or New York City. So you get out to Amarillo and you have to hop out on I-40 essentially every place you go. So it's a lot of fun. Just made you, it. it just gave you good practice for living in Arizona where you have to drive exactly. everywhere. Everything's <laughs> <laughs> super far apart. I was just going to say, and we'll, we'll close up here in just a second, but I was going to say I was in New York City about 10 years ago in the fall and I we, my, I was with my husband. We were in Central Park, and this is one of my favorite. We were we were out east for about ten days, ten twelve days, and we were in Central Park. And we just decided to sit down, and we we were at a ballpark, and we were watching this pickup baseball game. And how I am, we're sitting kind of behind one of the dugouts, and I just start asking people questions, mm -hmm. and I start starting this conversation <laughs> with these guys, and I'm like, so how how do you guys know each other he's like oh we've been playing for years really? he's like this game just doesn't ever stop it sounded like the sandlot like that movie where they just they just play and they just kind of pick up where you they mean? left off and just keep going and keep going it was the coolest thing to watch we sat there for probably an hour watching these guys and and developing a connection and then only to say goodbye and i'll never see them again but for me that was one of my favorite parts in all of new york that i saw over uh, several days it was it was mesmerizing and it was so cool to see how how you know in america that's america's game it was so fun it was mm -hmm. a blast yeah new york city is very interesting uh and especially kind of how you tied in the uh the sports aspect to it i mean central park as you mentioned in the fall the weather was nice and you're right it's weird i have a lot of friends who play softball and they'll play it up until you can't play anymore almost like or January and the minute football season is over you have softball Sundays so uh, guys like to play softball around and Central Park is one of the jewels of New York City so I mean you really took in the best of both worlds in that you got to see uh, an iconic place but you got to mix with real people and New York City sometimes gets a bad rap but for the most part especially when you get around tourist attractions and uh, just simple things. People are very real. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was amazing. It made my heart just happy that day. Anyway, well, thank you so much for being on. Do you have any last comments? Brad, thank you, you so much. It was a pleasure to hear your story. I really appreciate you coming on and, and uh, talking with us. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys and you guys show is phenomenal. I mean, you guys have some very interesting stories. I'm glad I could add to that and I'll say keep up the good work. Thank, Thank you. you very yeah, much. Hope to, to talk to you again yeah, soon. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the VP and King Show. Until next time, take care. This video has been brought to you by Aggressive Marketing Solutions. If you need a team of marketing strategists to help you build your brand on social media, then go and visit aggressive.com today.